came here tonight. So give him a warm welcome. Y'all know who he is. Give him a warm welcome. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, man. Morning. Thank you. She said good morning, so I'm saying good morning. Good to have you all here. I haven't worshipped with Peter, Paul, and Mary in a while, so that was fun. For those of you who are too young to get that, we'll say Jay-Z. It was Jay-Z on the drums, Beyonce playing, and Brad Paisley on the guitar. That was fun. That was awesome. So what a good, good night of worship, praising and celebrating the Lord, and thank you for the privilege of getting to be here. Pastor Bernie, thank you for inviting me. Uh, thank you for giving leadership to Wednesday night and for the opportunity to come together to grow in Christ. I want you to know uh, I'll be preaching tonight. I'll be preaching on Saturday and Sunday and then next Wednesday. And I'm going to be doing a little series from the book of Daniel. I know that Pastor Dwayne preaches from there and even has you on the Daniel diet come the new year. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Daniel over the course of the next uh, few, few services. It'll be a week's time, but a few services. So I'm just asking you to open your heart up to whatever the Lord would say to you tonight. I believe the Lord has given me some good thoughts to share with you, and I'm trusting him to use it to bring glory to his name. That's why we're here, right? So let me just pray. Father, I, I just ask you to open our hearts. We're going to tell a story of this man named Daniel and what his deal was and how he stood for you. And then on Sunday, we're going to talk about the three Hebrew boys. And how they stood for you. And Lord Jesus, I pray that in this room tonight, you would find that we're a bunch of people that stand for you. I pray that the world would be shaped and changed because we leave these doors and we act like you. And we talk like you. And we behave like you. We come in here knowing that we aren't perfect. I think about when I walked in this door tonight, the very first person I met had been through a very difficult day. That represents life. But tonight, Lord, we come to praise you and to look at your word and to seek you for guidance for our lives. And so we ask you to give that to us as we seek you. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Any of you ever had a, had a bad dream and it woke you up and then you couldn't get back to sleep? And then you wonder, you know, is there anything to that dream? Well, there's a guy in the Bible, his name is Nebuchadnezzar. You'll recognize that name. He was King Nebuchadnezzar. He came in and overtook Jerusalem when he was king of Babylon. You know the story that after he took over Jerusalem, he went around looking for the finest, most handsome, and well-cut guys he could find, and he found four of them in these Hebrew boys, three, and then Daniel. He brought them in, wanted to meet certain things, and of course they said, can we try the Daniel diet? And as many of you have found out, it works, and it did good for them. Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to chapter 2, has a dream. You know that Daniel is an interpreter of dreams, y'all all know that, but pretend you don't for a second. Daniel has a dream, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, wakes him up, he's the king. We don't live in a kingdom, so we don't get this kind of stuff. Uh, my son, Alan, has been to a kingdom during the course of his life, and he told me how. He was in South Africa, and he said it was really eerie. He said, we, we went into this place, and we crossed the line, and we went into a kingdom. And he said, the first little entry point, was, and you, we walked into a room, and there were pictures of the king all around in the room, and you needed to worship those pictures. We don't have that. We got people who want to be king, but we ain't got no king. 
And so you got to get that the king had all power. If I were king tonight, I could tell you whatever I want to tell you, and you have to do it or I can kill you. And there's no big deal. If I kill you, people go, well, he's the king. He can do whatever he wants. We don't live in a kingdom. So you got to get that. Daniel and these three Hebrew boys are in a kingdom with a king, and the king has had a dream, and the king wants to know what his dream means. So I'm king. I call all of the sorcerers, all the people who are magicians, all the dignified people who interpret stuff into a meeting. And you got to get this. These people are well respected. Like when I say to you, a magician, a sorcerer, you kind of go, ooh, bad people. No, not to them. These were the elite people of the day. So they were all brought in, and King Nebuchadnezzar, he did something a little different than he normally did. He said to them, hey, y'all, I had a dream, and I'm going to need y'all to interpret this dream. Uh, I'm not sleeping good after I had it, and I don't understand what it means, and I need you to tell me what's up. And they all said this, oh, king, oh, you're the greatest king ever, of course. You tell us what your dream was, and we will interpret it. Get this normal if I came to one of you tonight and said hey guys I had a dream can you help me with it your first thing never well tell it to me another tell me the dream and then I'll interpret it and King Nebuchadnezzar said no 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 I'm flipping it up this time before you interpret the dream I want you to tell me what I dream and then I really know you're good at what you do so that would be me saying to you, I had a dream last night. It'd be like me going up to Pastor Bernie. Bernie, I had a dream last night, and I need you to interpret it. But before you interpret it, I need you to tell me. I want to see if you're really any good at this. Tell me my dream first. Well, they all freaked out. They're like, King, no one, in fact, here were the words, no man can do that. Key phrase, no man. They said, King, no man can do that. And he said, oh, no. Well, I'll tell you this, I'm the man who wants it done, and here's what's going to happen. If y'all want to interpret my dream, if y'all want to read this, it's in Daniel chapter 2, in case you think I'm making it up. He said, they said to him, King, King we, we can't do it. And he said, well, you're going to do it. If you don't do it, I'm going to cut your body into pieces. And after I cut your body into pieces, I'm going to your houses, and I'm going to turn them into rubble. And they weren't kidding. Those houses were made out of hardened brick fired brick kind of like fired brick that we see and they were easily crumbable and then when it rained just wash away and he said either you tell me my dream and interpret it or I'm going to cut you into little pieces and rubble your houses we read stories and we don't put ourselves in them I'm sorry if you were one of those people you are freaking out you're freaking out because you have no idea what his dream is So they said to him, King, listen to this. King, it's right in Scripture. No king has ever asked for this sort of thing before. You are going over the top. No one can do this, King. And he said, okay, you've ticked me off. Kill them all. That's what he said. He put his arm, chief arm guard in Tartar. He said to him, go kill them all. So every one of those sorcerers or magicians thought they were going to die. And that guy, his chief guy, went out to find Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When I was a little kid, 
I don't know why my mom taught me their names were my shack, your shack, and the billy goat. That's what I always thought their names were. It's kind of funny. So when I say the names, I remember my mom saying that to me. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, it's interesting to me. They must not have been in on this where the king had proclaimed and asked for this because when this chief guy went and said, Daniel... Um, sorry, man, I got to take you and the three Hebrew boys and, and I, I got I to cut you to pieces and stuff. And Daniel's like, yo, yo, hang on a second here. What? What? I, I don't even know why. Why are you doing this? He said, well, the king's mad. The king came to me and told me to bring all you in and then none of you can. He said, I haven't heard anything about this. I'd like to speak to the king. And so Daniel got presence with the king. And he went into the king and he said to him, um, king, what's up? I mean, what's going on, man? I hear you're going to cut us into like little pieces. Before you do that, do I get a chance to know what's going on? And the king said, yeah, I want to know what my dream was. And then I want to know what my dream means. And Daniel said, well, there's no one that can answer that, king. Listen to this. But there's a God in heaven who can. Will you give me it? Will you give me opportunity to pray about it? Love this. Can you imagine Daniel looking at this king had all, could have said to him, cut his neck off right now. And Daniel said, can I have a, can you give me a little window like maybe overnight? Can I have a little window? And the king said, yeah, I'll give you that. And the Bible says that Daniel went to his three Hebrew friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he said to him, hey guys, we need to commence to praying. It ain't a good situation. King is wanting to cut all you bits and pieces. And all the sorcerers, all, we're all going down. And he said, let's go before the Lord. So the Bible says that Daniel and his three friends that night sought the Lord. They prayed to the God of the universe. And the Lord heard their prayer. And he gave Daniel the dream. I'm sorry, guys. That, this is amazing stuff. If, you, if this was one of your buddies, you would come to church on Sunday. You can't believe what's up. Dreamed it, and then it came. It, you'd be freaking out. This is crazy stuff. This is movie stuff. And we get to read about it in God's Word. Love these stories. So Daniel goes back to the king. Would this have been fun walking into the king? Yo, king, what's up? I got a little surprise for you. I'm going to tell you your dream. And he said, King, you're right. There was no man that could do it. But last night, God, God gave me the dream. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be King Nebuchadnezzar and hear your dream coming from somebody you ain't told about it? You'd be going, this boy's got some in-touch stuff here. This guy knows. Have y'all ever been around somebody who you feel like has the ability to just like hear from God? When they tell you stuff, you're like, okay. I know a lady, I just, I think of her as a God fear. If she were to say something to me like, Dan, last night the Lord spoke to me, I'd be like, okay, what did he say? Because I think she hears from God straight up, hears from him. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar is like, Daniel, what is it? And he told him, now tonight, I'm not going to interpret the dream. I'm not going to tell you what the dream means. I'm not doing all that stuff. I want to show you something. After the Lord, God of the universe gave Daniel that dream I want tonight I've come to you to read to you a prayer of thanksgiving that Daniel gave to God for giving him the dream because this prayer is the prayer all of us in this room need to be praying a lot 
Daniel prayed this. I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to break it down. Daniel said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. You guys didn't notice this because you didn't know what I was going to preach. But when Scott was up here earlier, one of the phrases he said was, God is God from everlasting to everlasting. That was my very first point tonight. In fact, I thought, has, has he been dreaming my sermons? I didn't know what was going on. Because <laughs> Daniel started with, praise be to the name of the God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. I'm going to go back and explain all this. I want you just to listen. He sets up kings and then disposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, you have given me wisdom and power. Now, you know what happened after this was that the king all of a sudden said, everybody will, because he's king. Daniel interprets the dream. Daniel tells him what it means. He goes, Daniel, you are the man, and your God is God. Everyone will worship God. Now, Sunday, I'm going to tell you how he changed his mind again. But for now, that's where he's at. On Wednesday, he's worshiping God. By Sunday, he goes back to worshiping himself, and I'll show you. But on Wednesday, he's worshiping God because Daniel showed him the power of God Almighty. And tonight, I want to share with you a few things from this dream that's true for your life, too. And the very first point coming up around the screen, it's what I told you Scott mentioned earlier. God is God from everlasting to everlasting. I don't know what y'all are going through tonight. I don't know. But I know God's everlasting. I don't know uh, how much financial trouble you're I, I don't know if you're going to make it out of that deal. I, I don't know, but I can tell you this. God is God from everlasting to everlasting. Do you know why Daniel prayed that? Because Daniel was moments away from pieces. Pieces. You realize... You guys do understand that did happen to other people, right? You, you get this, right? You get that the king, this wasn't the first time king had come up with the pieces idea. He had done this before. They all knew what it meant. He was like ISIS. He didn't care. And Daniel said, God, you've answered my dream. And Daniel's also saying this. Listen to me very carefully. Daniel's saying, but if I had been cut pieces to pieces to pieces, if that had even happened, God is still God from everlasting to everlasting. Because there have been plenty of Christians who have lost their life. Someday we may lose our life for standing for our faith. And even if we do, God is God from everlasting to everlasting. You don't need to worry about it. That's a sealed, done deal. It's over. And it's a deal. And Daniel prayed it to remind us. I don't know what your situation is tonight. I don't know what you might be facing, but you're going to be okay if we're relying on God because he's everlasting, everlasting. Second thing Daniel said in this dream coming up on the screen is this. God changes things and periods. God changes things and periods of history. God is the one in charge of the seasons of this world. 
Um, I was watching recently the Democratic National Convention. Please do not get bothered or happy, either one. If you're a Democrat, you're like, oh, he's a Democrat. If you're a Republican, yeah, boo, he said Democrat. I, you know, I, I just watched it, okay? I watched the Olympics last night. Two weeks ago, I was watching the Democratic National Convention. Not because I'm in, no, I'm not pulling for anyone. I was just watching it. Don't come up and ask me who I'm voting for. My daughter asked me, and I told her, mm. I'm watching it, and there were these big signs, the big signs, big blue signs, I think they were, and they said, change maker. It was pulling for one of the particular people who happened. I think they were wearing a blue pantsuit, but she was wearing that pantsuit, and the sign said, change maker. And I'm watching the thing. And then I look, is it people who changes things or is it God? We get caught up in this world and thinking people can do it. People can't do it. I I, want to just remind you, um, God will be in charge and God will decide what happens in the United States of America. You say, well, no, we have to be involved. I, I'm with you. I, for those of you who are like really, really political people, really, really love that stuff, I, I'm sorry, I don't. I'm for it. I will vote. Don't, please don't send me a text. Well, you don't have my cell phone. Please don't send me an email because I'll just follow it to Bernie and he'll burn it. My point is be involved in all that stuff, but if it doesn't turn out your way, it's going to be okay because God is in control. From everlasting to everlasting. And God already has a plan in place. And God already is working on this plan. And it's going to come to pass no matter who gets in power. Because God is God. And, And according to scripture there will be a time when the whole world comes to an end. And all this stuff we're watching and a part of. It's just a part of that spinning cycle. It's going to happen. Be involved, do what you can, make a difference, absolutely. But remember, God is ultimately in control. I um, remember a while back, it's interesting, I just passed it again this week because I just drove back from Philadelphia this week and I passed an exit where you can go to Gettysburg. Uh, And I remember it was probably three or four years ago that I was driving I can't even remember exactly why I was driving where I was driving right now. I'm sure I was going somewhere to speak, but I passed a sign, and the sign said off this exit on this road I was on, it was 15 miles to Gettysburg, and I thought to myself, I'd never been to Gettysburg. I can, it's 15 minutes. Are you serious? I got to just drive. I was all by myself. Took the exit. I drove 15 miles. I arrived at a little town called Gettysburg. Uh, some of you have been there. When I pulled up, I, I pulled up into the, what, it, it's a small town. I think it's like 2,000 people live there now. So I pulled up and there was, I, I, I couldn't see, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, when you get to Gettysburg, you'll know you're at Gettysburg. <laughs> and I pulled up and I don't see, I don't see any signs. I don't see, and there's no commercialism. There's no billboards. There's nothing that says Gettysburg this way. Come over here to see where Abraham Lincoln stood. And there was nothing. And I got out and I walked into a little gas station and I said, is this a Gettysburg where, like, you know, the Gettysburg Address happened? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's our town. I said, well, where is that? I said, I don't see any of those monuments. I don't see where the soldiers died. There's, you know, what, 50,000 soldiers died here. I know there's, I know there's uh, tombstones. Right, where is that? He said, oh, it's about a mile more. Just get in your car and drive another mile. 
So I got my car, drove another mile. It wasn't 15 miles off the exit, it was 16 miles off the exit. <laughs> so I drove 16 miles, and I got out of my car, and it was softly raining. It was softly raining. There wasn't anyone else around. I stepped out of my car into the presence of history. I remember... I got chills coming on my arms right now. It was one of the craziest moments I've ever had. I'm all by myself. It's raining softly on my head. I don't want an umbrella, partly because it just felt right to be raining on me. And I started walking. I'm going to throw a couple pictures up. I started walking through here. And, and there, there was a sign that said, all the signs said was, shh, just S-H-H-H-H-H. All I could hear was a little rain hitting my head, and I started crying. Because I was walking through a place where on July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, in 1863, thousands of men died. Thousands. I was walking on a land that had seen more bloodshed than any place in our history. And I walked through these little tombstones. Look, look, oh, I'm so glad y'all could see a couple of their names. Look at there, you can see their names. I took a couple of pictures with my phone. And, and I thought, my goodness, this is part of my history. And then, and then I kept walking. There's a couple more little pictures. And then I arrived at this, keep flipping, I arrived at this little sign. And it said that Abraham Lincoln gave the address after his arrival in Gettysburg on November the 18th. And there's another little part of the sign somewhere on there that just says, he stood near here. And I remember walking around, just by myself, I was walking around a little bit going, wow, Abraham Lincoln stood here. And he said, four score and seven years ago, our forefathers, you, you remember the Gettysburg Address. And the little part of that says that all men are created equal. On that day, Abraham Lincoln and the Union soldiers won a battle that the Confederates could never overcome and defeat again. And blacks were freed. What a special place that was. To stand there and realize God saw all this happen. God brought about Abraham Lincoln. And he gave Abraham Lincoln the mom he gave him to shape him into the man he would be. And he was a president who did not lie. Who people honored. Who people revered. Had his flaws. But God used him. And I, I didn't live during the Civil War. I didn't see anyone die. I just walked through the place. Now, I, I, want, I want to just try to make a statement here. And, and you follow me a little bit. Right now, I believe in America. We will someday look back at all the stuff that's going on. Because when you live in it, you just you feel it, you taste it, you sense it. It brushes against you. But a hundred years later, we will look back and go, oh my that was part of the time when that occurred 
And God, God changed history a little bit. And then we go on. And it's, God isn't in heaven going, oh no, look who they've got to choose from. He, he's not panicking. <laughs> God, God's not panicking. <laughs> he's not panicking. I mean, it's saying God's not panicking. So I want to say to you Christians tonight, don't panic. Let the world see that, oh, I'm, I'm steady. I'm, I'm, I'll vote what I think is right, but God is ultimately in control. This is, this is a great piece of thing that Daniel, Daniel is saying. You guys get Nebuchadnezzar was his piece of history. Abraham Lincoln's history was there. Now it's ours. We're just all in our little spot, and it's God who decides what happens in that moment of history, and then it moves on. So what it does is it helps us keep perspective, because God is God. And it feeds right into the third point. He removes kings and establishes them. And I would throw into that phrase, presidents. It's going to surprise you a little bit, but I know who the next president of the United States is going to be. I have a picture for you coming up on the screen. <laughs> All right, you can take it down because it's too distracting. I don't have a clue who the next president's going to be. I don't have a clue. You don't either. But God does. He already knew. That's why he's everlasting, everlasting, and you're just for now. God's everlasting. He, he disposes kings and he brings kings. And I want to remind you that he is in all power. Tonight should be a message that just encourages your heart. Because I, I sometimes am around people who are so discouraged. They're so downtrodden. They're so worried. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. And I say to them, stop watching the news and start reading your Bible. You're okay. And then, to keep going here, my time is about up. Next point is, he gives wisdom and knowledge. Daniel knelt along with his three friends and said, God, I have no idea what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed, <laughs> but I really need you to tell me. <laughs> I mean, this is a big deal, God. I mean, I really don't want to be bits and pieces. That just doesn't sound good. Would you be willing to tell me? And, you know, the, the one thing about this story that isn't good for preaching is Daniel got his answer overnight. <laughs> you know, I'd love to tell you, hey, I'll go home, pray tonight, everything will be good tomorrow. For some of us, it might. For some of you, you might pray tonight and you got your answer overnight. Awesome. Some of you, it might take a while. But seek him. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. You know, our, our, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say it. In our country, our first tendency is to Google it instead of God it. And I just want to tell you, I want you to God it. Tonight, some of you need to God it. You need to say, Jesus, I don't know what to do. And it might even be wise for some of you to do what Daniel did. Did you see Daniel didn't go pray along? He went and got three buddies. He really trusted 
Maybe you need tonight, even leaving service, hey, I need you to pray for me about something, man. I, I don't know the answer to this, and I need God's wisdom, and I need God's understanding. Ask him. Because the Bible says, next point, he gives and reveals deeply hidden things. This is the one where I don't even know how to give you an illustration to illustrate it. Because God knows things and can give you thoughts and ideas that no man can give you. Sometimes after a service like this, and Pastor Bernie, I'm sure, has it happen a lot too. We get done preaching, we come down. And I love talking with you. I love helping you. I want to do that. That's why I'm here. But sometimes you ask us stuff. I want to remind you all something about me and Pastor Bernie and all the pastors here. We're human. We don't know. We know that God's God. We can encourage you. We can help you. But it is God who knows the deeply hidden things. Seek him. I want to tell you what we do. Because I got issues in my life and I know Bernie has issues in life. I want to tell you what we do. We seek God. Because that's where we find our peace. I've told you this before. When I'm troubled, when I'm not doing well, Jane can pick up on that. My wife Jane, you've met her. Um, When I'm not doing it, she will say to me, you need to go to the lake. That's just her standard phrase. You need to go to the lake. What she means is I drive out by Lake Michigan, I sit in my little car by myself, or I get out and say, and I pray. And she'll say to me, Dan, go to the lake. Because she knows there's no man can answer that stress, that question, that thing that's bothering me. Because God is the one who knows the deeply hidden things. And Daniel reminds us of that. Daniel also reminds us that God knows what is in the dark and that light lives in him. Can I say something to you? This is why we struggle in our world. We had this, we went through a period of time in our history called the enlightened period. In fact, in our day-to-day, there would be people who would look at me as a preacher and you as Christians and say, ah, those people just aren't enlightened. That's what they would say about us. They are enlightened with intelligence and education. They know so much more. They don't believe in this God stuff. You people are just little uh, morons and pawns. We are enlightened. And I actually want to say to you, this is, I'm not put, trying to put somebody down. I'm just going to tell you what they are. They're not enlightened. They're in darkened. Our world is in darkened. Because the, what the Bible even says what the world calls smartness is foolishness to God. Tonight, We don't need more enlightened people. We need more people who realize that Jesus is the light. If you want to see our country turn around, turn to Jesus. I I want to see a presidential candidate say, I don't know, and I have to tell you, the only thing I can do in this situation to answer your question is say, I'm going to go to the God of the universe who reveals deeply hidden secrets because that's the only hope for our country. That's the only hope for me. And we need to, as a nation, turn back to pray and seek the ways of Almighty God because that's what will heal our country. And I want to remind you, tonight, you get to go and do that. You are enlightened. You know that God is light and all light dwells in him. I remember when he was talking to Job and he said to him, Job, um, do you, do you, Job, all down, all downtrodden, friends have bailed on him, everybody's, he's all by himself, he's got sores out the wazoo and he's hurting like crazy and God says to him, Job, do you know where I store light? Do you know where light's stored? I love that phrase. 
In other words, God says, I, I am the author of light. Tonight, did you notice uh, as they were moving that other thing off, um, Pastor Bernie was standing. Do you remember when the light went down? And I thought, sound, sound guy, light guy, hit the lights, hit the lights. Uh, can you turn them off, whoever did that? Can, can you just, like, kill the lights on me real quick? I went to get a drink. Um, I, I was, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. You guys do a great job. But the point, the point I was making there that would have been very effective is that um, <laughs> Pastor, oh, there we go. Oh, uh, hey, oh. I guess they do have some power. But the point is, uh, he has the light controller. That's what God has. God's in heaven going, I'm going to give him some light. Those people over there, darkness. I mean, can't you see God in heaven going, light, darkness. He has that power. He is light. In him is no darkness at all. And I want to tell you what happens when somebody lives this way. I wrote it right here. Two little points I conclude the message with. Daniel, because of the way he lived, watch this, I wrote it right here. He touched people's lives. Did you you guys realize that because Daniel interpreted all those magicians and everything else, even the bad people were spared because of Daniel? So here's my question. Who could be spared because of the way you live? What, what generational things could you break and how could you help those who come behind you? I'm dealing with this. Look, my phone's laying right there. I could show it to you right now. Dealing with a do- my daughter today over a situation, an issue. I said, baby, let me tell you why I'm teaching you what I'm teaching you right now because we went through a battle today. We ended up on a good thing. We're all good. Me coming to church, everything's all good. But let me tell you, I told her, I said, Anna, the reason we went through this today is, Dad, I don't know everything, but I'm teaching you some godly principles and someday your daddy won't be here. I'll be in a casket. And I said, I need to check and make sure my daughter is going to pass on the principles of God to the next generation. Her text was, no, Dad, I, I don't know what I would do if you would die. And I said, well, it's coming, baby. And when it happens, I'm teaching you these principles today because they're what I want you to teach to my grandchildren. You touch people when you try to live godly. And secondly, What's this? You give God credit for stuff man likes to take credit for. Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, Daniel, you're amazing. And Daniel went, hold up. Do you know anyone who likes to get the praise? Like if they do something good, like, oh, no, okay. Thanks. You don't have to. And Daniel said, Nebuchadnezzar, this has nothing to do with me. God did this. Can I say something to you? When you have victories in your life, do, do this little thing. When you see amazing things happen around you, I really try to practice this. When I see God do a crazy thing, I don't think to myself, man, you did something good. I, 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 the first thought is, God, wow, you did something good here. And I got to be a part of it. Daniel lived that way. He got a book in the Bible named after him. We're not looking for that, but that's why. Because it wasn't about Daniel. It was about his service to the Creator. Go serve the Creator. And I know on this Wednesday night, Pastor Bernie's challenging you to walk out of here and do that. I'm saying, let's go do it. We got a few days here before Saturday and Sunday. Then we'll tell the story of how old Nebuchadnezzar flipped again. But we'll talk about how the three Hebrew boys set example too. So, Father God, tonight as we go.
Um, some of us feel like we are being cut to little pieces by Satan. There's somebody in here tonight really discouraged. I, just as I'm starting to pray, I would just pray for some individuals who are just feeling worthless. Satan's cut them up all week long. Help them to pray Daniel's prayer tonight. To recognize you are God. Jesus, lead us, guide us, help us to seek you. Protect us. Thank you for this word that's so powerful. Help us to live it and practice it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Reg. You always make me feel welcome. I appreciate it a lot. Dan, we always enjoy the awesome things God is doing through you. So hey, thank you for being a part of the service tonight. If you're new to Res Life Church or if you just recently started attending, stop by guest services on your way out. We've got leaders of our church there who'd love to meet you and answer any questions you might have about our church.